Hello, and welcome to Midnight Mon Pod, the Monster Pogwist podcast, After Hours. My name's Garrett, and I'm your host on this trip into the miniatures game, Monster Apocalypse. Tonight, I'm going to be working on the third faction-focused series here, and we're going to be working on the Shadow Sun Syndicate. This episode will be about the Shadow Sun Syndicate's units, but before I get into the actual models, let's go in on the fluff a bit. So according to Monsterpocalypse.com, Shadow Sun Syndicate's tagline is, From Shadow, Light. Hidden behind a shroud of enigmatic activities, the criminal cartel known as the Shadow Sun Syndicate alleges its mission is to preserve humanity and society, though sometimes this seems to come at the cost of that very humanity and society. Indeed, observers often have difficulty determining whose interests the Syndicate serves, for they clash with law enforcement and military agencies as often as with cosmic and interdimensional threats. What they claim is an altruistic effort to maintain balance in the world, critics argue is quite clearly an attempt to control it. The Shadow Sun Syndicate is a well-funded private organization based in Japan and dedicated to the acquisition of advanced technology and all related knowledge. Some describe them as the greatest repository of technological information in the world. Guided by the genius of Dr. Arisu Kanako, the Shadow Sun Syndicate has leaped decades ahead of anyone else in the fields of biotechnology and nanotechnology. Chief among Dr. Kanako's achievements are the Zors, biomorphic and cybernetically enhanced ninja warriors. Each of their high-tech armored suits contains a human transformed into a weapon of war through the application of incredibly advanced science. They can morph at will from human-sized to 60-meter superfighters, employing a destructive combination of martial arts and energy weapons. While its methods remain unpredictable, the Shadow Sun Syndicate has won the hearts of countless people who see these giant warriors not as rogues, but as awe-inspiring knights ready to battle the forces that menace the world. So the Shadow Sun Syndicate takes a lot of cues from Ultraman and similar series where you have the giant humans in tight suits fighting against these monsters and aliens and a lot of that comes across in some of their rules most of the models are quick with strong defenses to reflect the fact that they are hard to hit because they're so lithe and moving around so expertly on the battlefield so with that fluff out of the way let's get into the actual crunch of these here units it's worth noting that i'm recording this after the 2022 dynamic update, so any changes that have been made to anything in that update will be reflected in this episode. The first unit pack from the Shadow Sun Syndicate is the S-Type Shinobi unit pack, which comes with three S-Type Shinobi, one S-Type Shinobi Elite, and one Interceptor unit. The S-Type Shinobi itself is a Speed 6, high mobility, free defense model with the cloak special rule. This model cannot be targeted by blast attacks made by a model more than two spaces away. And the sidestep special rule. If this model is missed by an attack, after the attack is resolved, this model can advance up to three spaces. The S-Type Shinobi has a brawl stat with two action dice and one boost die and no blast stat. The Elite version of the S-Type Shinobi has an additional boost die on its brawl, 
an additional cost, and the Commander S-Type Shinobi rule. Allied S-Type Shinobi grunt units within two spaces of this unit gain plus one boost die when participating in brawl or blast attacks. Worth noting that every elite in the game that I'm aware of at the moment has that same wording on their commander rule. S-Type Shinobis did get buffed in the 2022 dynamic update to make them speedier, moving them from a 5 to a 6. And these units are pretty solid midfielders right now. They have the speed and mobility to get to where you need them to go, and Cloak can help them stand where they need to stand, along with that 3 defense. Uh, just makes them an investment to remove. You put one of these guys on a power point at, on the edge of the map on one of the sides, and chances are they'll stand there a long while until your opponent can manage to get something with enough punch to get rid of it. The specialist from the S-Type box is the Interceptor. And now, it's worth noting that the specialists from all three of the Shadow Sun unit boxes are really good and like are, are some of the best specialist models in the agenda. And as, as I go through them, I'm, I'm hoping you'll pick up on why here. So the Interceptor is a cost one unit with six speed, three defense. Its special rules include all terrain. This model treats rough terrain as open terrain while advancing. Action Overdrive. During this model's activation, this model can spend one action die to perform an overdrive action. Advance this model up to its speed, even if it has already advanced this turn. So you spend one action die to perform a double move. And Action Transport. During this model's activation, this model can spend one action die to perform a transport action. Take one faction unit with the cargo special rule from your unit reserves and place it into play adjacent to this model. So since I'm going in order, we haven't talked about the unit that has cargo yet, so I'll, I'll talk more when we get there. But transport, you spend one action die, you place a cargo model next to the interceptor. And unless I've miscounted, there are three different models with the cargo special rule in this faction. The interceptor also has an attack stat. It has a range three blast with one action die, and zero boost dice, just in case you need to throw a single action die into a blast attack and you have an interceptor in the vicinity. Why not? Overall, the interceptor is a great tech piece. Action overdrive can let you zip it 12 spaces across the table without any other support, which if all you need to do is have something next to an opponent's building to keep them from having a much secure interceptor is one of the top choices because it can just get there on its own without needing anything else. Action transport allows the interceptor to functionally exist as a mobile spawn point as long as you've got the correct type of model sitting around in your reserves. O overall, a very flexible tech piece that has seen a lot of play. The second unit pack from the Shadow Sun Syndicate is the Sunfighters and Shadowgate pack. So the Sunfighter pack includes three Grunt Sunfighters, one Sunfighter Elite, 
and one Shadowgate unit. So let's talk about the Sunfighters first. Uh, this is a standard Grunt Elite pair. So the Elite has one more boost, one more cost, and the Commander Sunfighter rule. Otherwise, the Sunfighter is a Speed 7 high mobility unit with two defense, Blight. This model can end its movement on impassable terrain and is immune to hazards except when colliding with them. And Anti-Air. This model gains plus one boost die when participating in brawl or blast attacks, targeting a model with flight. The Sunfighter has a range five blast with two action dice and no native boost dice. I know I just said it, but again, the Sunfighter Elite has the same body line stats but has one additional attack boost die, one additional cost, and the commander rule, which if you've got multiple Sunfighters, he'll give them extra boost dice. Um, I've been playing Sunfighters for over two years now. I think I've blasted with them twice, like once annually. Um, they're not really used as attacking units. The biggest use of the Sunfighter is that Speed 7, Flight, and Defense 2. With those three things put together, the Sunfighter can get out to a power point in the middle of the map or get over to a water space in, in a somewhat distant position. And that second point of defense, compared to the one defense of Guard Strike Fighters, makes the odds on actually killing a Sunfighter a lot harder than just killing a Strike Fighter. Because if attacking a Defense 1 unit with one white die and one blue die would be around an 83% odds to hit, that same attack into a Defense 2 ha has fallen down to a 47. It's under 50% odds. Takes basically two units worth of attacks into a defense two to get back up into those 80s. So having that defense two body is really kind of clutch sometimes. And that is the same reason, like I mentioned it earlier, the S-type Shinobis, since they got that speed buff, are competing kind of for the same space because that third point of defense means that you need to put in three white dice and three blue dice before you get up into that 80 range to remove them. So if you're spending four to six dice to try to remove something in the middle of the map, and you're gaining back one power die for that, uh, that's a tempo-positive play for the person who actually had their thing removed, assuming they got anything out of it. Sunfighters are... Definitely my, my favorite go-to speed 7 model. And like that 7th point of speed is clutch more often than not. Uh, I've played some games where I didn't bring a Sunfighter and always regarded it. I, I kind of always want to have that single Sunfighter just available. The specialist from the Sunfighter pack here is the Shadowgate. The Shadowgate is a cost 1 unit with 3 speed Two defense has the all-terrain special rule. This model treats rough terrain as open terrain while advancing. It has action teleport. During this model's activation, 
this model can spend one action die to perform a teleport action. Either choose one allied or either choose one adjacent allied unit and place it adjacent to another allied model with action teleport, or choose one allied unit adjacent to another allied model with action teleport and place it adjacent to this model. So going back over teleport real quick here, the shadow gate can either send things away from itself or bring them to itself as long as you have a second model with teleport. In the Protector's Agenda, there are two models with action teleport. One is the Shadowgate, the other one is the first Shadow Sun monster, Zormaxim. That means that uh, Shadowgates can either send or receive from other Shadowgates, or send or receive from Zormaxim, at least until we get something else that also has teleport. Finishing out the special rules on this card, they have the Cloak special rule. This model cannot be targeted by blast attacks made by a model more than two spaces away. And Shadow Field. While adjacent to this model, allied units gain Cloak. The Shadow Gate is a very popular choice for protectors. Number one, it's a cargo unit. So that Interceptor I was talking about before can spend one action die to pop it out without needing to free up a spawn zone for it, functionally saving you potentially a die if you're having to bump spawn things because you just need to get more bodies on the table. The Interceptor being able to drop a Shadowgate upfield means that if you spawn a Shadowgate in the back and then take the Interceptor forward and hop one out upfield or midfield, now you actually have that teleport bridge. Unfortunately, these things are sold one to a pack which feels real bad. It, it's kind of the biggest drawback of the 2018 era, heck, up through 2021 era packs, is that they didn't really distribute models in them very well. That said, the other use of the Shadowgate is sticking them into a bundle of securing models. So, like... Wait, I've got three models in a line securing a pair of buildings between the two of them. If the Shadowgate is the center unit, all three of those units now have cloak and can't be shot from further than two spaces away. Which means for them to actually shoot the Shadowgate, they need to move up close enough to be touching the front model anyway. It is one of the most popular combined securing units. And I don't expect that to change. The third and currently final unit pack from the Shadow Sun Syndicate is the C-Type Shinobi and Shadow Rider pack. This pack includes three C-Type Shinobis, one C-Type Shinobi Elite, and one Shadow Rider. So the C-Type Shinobis here are a Speed 5, Defense 3 body with the standard grunt and elite differences. Both the grunt and the elite have the special rule cargo. The grunt C-types have a brawl with one action and zero boost, and a blast with range four, two action, one boost, and power drain. If this attack hits an enemy monster, the monster's controller loses one power dice. The C-type has the 
standard additional boost on both attacks, an additional cost, and the commander C-type rule. With the C-type being cargo, the interceptor can also drop C-types out. But wait, if you're following along closely, the C-type elite is also cargo, which means that the interceptor can spawn this cost two elite unit for one die. Add that to the two boost power drain blast, and you might have the beginnings of something that can start to threaten enemy monsters. Probably going to need a little bit of assistance from some other models, but there's definitely a place for these if you're building your list into that particular play pattern. Being able to drop a speed 5 3 defense body 8 spaces up the board from one of your spawns is nothing to sneeze at in the first place, because the C-type shinobi with the interceptor moving forward 6, then cargoing forward, that's 7 spaces, and then it moves 5, and then it has a range 4 blast, there is almost nowhere on a map you can't threaten with a C-type shinobi. It might not be a very substantial threat, but it will be there. And speaking of threats that will be there, we've got the final unit from the faction, which is the Shadow Rider. The Shadow Rider is a cost 2 unit with speed 6 and 3 defense, with the special rules Action Sprint. During this model's activation, this model can spend one action die to perform a sprint action. Advance this model up to three spaces, even if it has already advanced this turn. And the flank special rule. Flank. Enemies within two spaces of this model have their defense reduced by one against brawl attacks made by allied models, to a minimum of one. The Shadow Rider is only sporting a brawl attack with two action and two boost. But it is worth noting that the Shadow Rider benefits from its own flank aura. So functionally, that brawl automatically hits one of the defense on any given model's printed card. Which means the Shadow Rider brawling into a defense 3 model is throwing 2-2 against a 2. Still like 85% odds that's a solid attack on their own into a Defense 2 model, only throw one of those white dice, and it's looking like a 94%. The Shadow Rider is one of the premier brawlers right now in the agenda. With it being the fastest model with access to flank, there's a lot that this thing gets done. A lot of times you, you'll see them get used in the midfield, zip up, punch something that's on a PowerPoint, and then use Sprint to get back onto that same PowerPoint themselves. It's not quite as efficient as some of the other tools in the game for doing similar playlines, but it definitely gets the job done and does it well. Uh, like I said, all of the Shadow Sun specialists, the Interceptor, the Shadow Gate, and the Shadow Rider, are very popular and have seen a lot of competitive play. Uh, and, and honestly, the biggest downside of them is just that the shadow gate is packaged one to a package and that the interceptor wasn't packaged with either of the other cargo units so you have to buy multiple blisters to 
actually make use of all the rules on your cards. But yeah, that's, that's all the Shadow Sun units right now. And I'm hoping to get the monster episodes recorded fairly soon. So stay tuned and uh, I'll catch you around, guys. This has been uh, the first episode of the Shadow Sun Faction Focus here on Midnight Mon Pod. I'm Garrett. Thanks for stopping by. Monpod is part of the Line of Sight Network, LOSWarmachine.com slash Midnight Dash Monpod.